by Rebecca Spencer. from almost the halfway line. Hi everyone, this is N17 Women, the coolest place to get all your Tottenham Hotspur Women content. I mean, maybe it's not, but this is Abby and I'm hosting today, so I get to make up the tagline. Anyway, I'm in Montana at the ski slopes, which means, of course, we'll win our midweek game, since we always win when I'm skiing. Uh, And we'll have to see about that tomorrow. So unfortunately, we do not have Sean with us today, and we miss her very much, but I am here with Caroline and Rachel. How are you guys? Hanging in there, uh, still getting over a cold that's been just lingering for over a week now. But yeah, doing okay, ready to talk about Spurs women, and hopefully have some optimism towards the end of the episode when we do our preview. (laughs) Yeah, I'm good. There's a lot of wind going on, which I guess there was a lot of wind in the game. And I'm wondering if there's going to be a lot of wind in our next game. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. We haven't lost a game that's been very windy in the last few games. So maybe we're learning. Um, But yeah, otherwise I'm fine. That's great to hear. So we're here today to talk about the highly billed best of the rest derby. Um, No, I'm actually just joking about that. I do not want to call it that. But We just have the one game to get through this time, so we'll get right into it and then get to a few listener questions throughout and at the end. So the lineup news for Liverpool was pretty familiar, I'd say. We had Barra in goal, Amanda Nielsen, Molly Barchip, Amy Turner, and Charlie Grant across the back, Evelina and Olga reprising the Finnish double pivot, and then we had Grace, Martha, and Celine across the attack with Beth leading as striker. I feel like we've already talked about this one since we've now had it for a few WSL games. So let's keep it short. Any surprises or thoughts there? I don't think so. You know, the last time we saw it, we were a little surprised not to see Ash, but we didn't yet have, you know, the information about her ankle sprain that's going to keep her out for a few weeks. So I think that with the personnel that we have available, this this lineup does make sense. I was kind of hoping to see Jess Naz get a start because I feel like she's been in really good form lately and would offer something different up there in the attack. But I I think that Robert is really kind of wanting to make the Beth and Martha experiment work. And I know that that's going to be a topic for us later on. So I'll, I'll save my thoughts there. Yeah, same as Caroline. Not surprising. And it was interesting. It was exactly the same lineup. And he hasn't been sticking with the same lineup since early in the season. So I think it feels like a moment of being a bit more settled. Although, again, interesting if it changes in the next one. Yeah, I was wondering if it was just like a. I remember we discussed him wanting to like keep things consistent to like sort of bed in new players at the beginning. And so my immediate thought was like, oh, I guess we're doing this again. I'll be interested to see if more changes start happening as we move through the the rest of this half of the season. I mean, and of course there will be injuries and stuff too. We can't avoid that. So on to the game. I felt like things were pretty cagey in the first half. Like nobody really wanted to make a move. There were a few halfway decent chances, especially at the end. I think we had our best chance of the half when Martha got her head onto the end of a cross, but she only managed to head the ball directly at the goalkeeper So that was nice, but unfortunately not enough to send us into the second half with an advantage. Really not sure there was all that much else 
of note that happened. But anyway, what do you think wasn't working for us in that half? Well, I think that Liverpool was just doing a pretty good job of pressing and preventing us from really working through the midfield, you know, like we, we've we been successful with in the past, especially when we have Evelina and Olga as the pivot. Um, it just felt like it became a fairly physical game in the first half, especially. I didn't feel like we saw a ton of quality from either side, to be honest. Like we weren't threatened very much either, but it, it felt like kind of, like you said, a cagey match, both teams kind of knowing this is one that we just don't want to lose because we are even on points at the moment. So I, I think that was a little predictable that that was the game state that we saw, but still a little bit frustrating when we know that we can, you know, obviously play much better. Yeah, it very much felt like at times we were playing the ball around pretty competently and there were patterns you could see that we've seen before, um, especially the ways in which the centre-backs and the um, full-backs and Evelina and Olga were playing with each other and trying to create spaces. But it kind of wasn't getting very much further than that. And so it was. I think they were finding it quite hard to find either Grace or Celine, although Celine, it was faring a little bit better. Grace seemed to be having quite a difficult game, especially in the first half, and she was often surrounded as soon as she got the ball. I think she ended up having by far the most turnovers, which is normal for somebody who's quite a progressive player and dribbles a lot. But I think in this game, it wasn't coming up. Usually we've seen her when she's on fire, just seeming like she can go through everyone. And in this game, that wasn't happening. And I think it was they were they were quite clever about how they sometimes doubled and tripled up on her and the spaces they gave her and didn't give her. And so she was often pushed quite quite close to the sidelines and that isn't where she wants to be. So I think that was an option we didn't have or that wasn't working very well in this game. You know, she still occasionally provided chances because she's a really good player, but compared to how she's been in other games. Yeah, I tend to agree with all of that. I was also thinking like, yeah, they did look super, super organized, both in their pressing and just like their general defending. And I also, this was the first game where I really felt very strongly that Liverpool looked like fitter and stronger than us. Like even in the first half, I don't know if you guys felt that way too. Yeah, I did for sure. And, you know, I think that kind of also speaks to Rachel's point of them being able to just sort of neutralize some of our threats, you know, like, like Grace just by sort of, you know, simply muscling her off the ball at times. So I think that our physicality has improved this season overall, but there's still, you know, some room for improvement with with certain individuals. I kind of thought as well that in the first half, especially Evelina was doing pretty well. And I think that was partly because she is a much more physical player and is willing, you know, she's that player who gets stuck in, goes down, gets up again, keeps going, comes back at, you know, at every opportunity. And she's just, you know, she breaks up play and I thought she was doing quite a good job of that. Her passing, I know, I mean, I had, I was in like a conversation where people were criticizing her passing. So I was looking at it, especially, I actually think she was pretty decent. If you look back at where she was finding progressive passing, it, you know, I think she was finding them as much as Olga was. It's just that Olga goes sometimes for different kinds of passes. Yeah. So I think, I think that she was competing quite well and this is the sort of game we really need Evelina. So I wasn't surprised, you know, I'm not getting to that now, but I wasn't surprised that she stayed on for the whole game. Yeah, for sure. I heard you mention a couple things in there that Evelina did well. Do you think there was anything you thought that the whole team or other individual players did well in that first half? I mean, I liked the way that Celine was cutting inside much more than she usually does. 
I think of her in my mind as a player who very much sort of hogs the wing and, you know, and she will go past people very wide, but she was actually much more often coming inside in order to get the ball. And I think given the problems we had getting through Liverpool in that midfield, and especially that Grace was getting closed down on the other wing, that worked. Yeah. So with that in mind, did you want to see any specific changes in the second half? Well, I think, you know, kind of like I alluded to earlier, I felt like we needed a little something different in the attack, especially because Beth and Martha both don't look like they're back at full fitness just yet. Um, And, you know, speaking to Liverpool kind of beating us to so many balls and, you know, kind of just winning that physical battle, I feel like that was a little bit of a part of it. And we saw the same thing with Olga, too. You know, she was one of the earlier subs, as it would turn out. But I just really thought having just come on with to add a little bit of pace would provide something different you know otherwise I felt like I was pretty happy with the the defense especially I felt like was doing a pretty solid job in the first half so no changes really necessary there I can't think if I have anything to say or not <laughs> it's it's just like I don't know this game all I can remember is those two shots that we you know should have made and that's the only thing that's like sticking in my brain for some reason <laughs> I'm sorry I don't have more yeah, I think the fact we're struggling a little bit to have things to say about this game is that we weren't terrible. We just weren't creating very many chances and that was frustrating and it was clear that that was where the problem was. And that was also where the problem had been against Manchester City. And so I guess one of the things we were looking for was ways of solving that and whether that was finding new ways to go through the middle or over the top or you know, and obviously Jess is one of those options. We'll talk about Kit in a while as somebody who came on and, you know, she provides a different way of taking the ball up the pitch. And so I guess that's kind of what we wanted to see. Yeah, I think like another way, I feel like it was on the pod that we were talking about this, but I I can't remember whether it was on the pod or like in a side conversation I was having, but it wasn't exactly unexpected just because somebody said like we do tend to struggle against pressing sides and Liverpool is certainly that so yeah to your point I wondered whether we'd see anything different now that there are different players um and Villahim's kind of fitting them into his system but at least in the first half I am not really sure that we did so I'll move on to the second half now So yeah, I was watching that second half on an airplane on my phone at that point, and that was kind of difficult, but it looked to me at least like Liverpool kind of took a bit more control in the first part of the second half, at least around until our our substitutions at 60 minutes. So at that point, Jess Naz and Kit Graham came on for Beth England and Olga Atinen. What did you guys make of that substitution? I think it made a lot of sense. We've been saying that we thought then we need another option up front we're going to talk about a little bit but obviously Beth and Martha haven't 100% clicked and we know that right from you know before Beth was even back Robert was talking about how he believed that they would work together they were two excellent players they would be able to combine but one of the things we've seen is they sometimes seem to be just taking up the same space as each other and you know, in the moves where it felt like Martha was getting into good positions, it felt, a little, you know, Beth looked a little bit like a spare wheel and vice versa. Neither of them does radically different things to each other when they're dropping deeper. So they are both really great players. They've got amazing control. They're good at hold up play, but they somehow don't bring each other. They don't. Yeah, there isn't this variety that kind of works. And so bringing Jess on made sense. 
I think she's obviously played more times with Martha in those roles just because of Beth coming back and her having already played there. And so that's sort of, again, that was logical there. I thought that one of the reasons that he was bringing Kit on is sort of just for defensive strength. And especially if you're taking off Beth and replacing her with Jess, I know that we Beth is on there for her offensive um, play, but she's actually also, if there's ever a set piece or she's really important in our defense. And so we wanted somebody in there who's potentially going to have aerial ability, which Kit has. And I think Kit also, you know, we, we've talked loads of times about how fantastic Olga's passing is. But Kit has is able to t- carry the ball through the middle of the pitch, and that's different. And I think it's again just trying to pose alternative problems to a team that is really hard to break through. And so, yeah, I think it made sense in lots of different ways, and I was happy to see it. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going to go with the differences between Olga and Kit. You know, I think we really value Olga for the accuracy of her sort of longer range for passes. So when you've got kind of that target striker like Beth up there, that's a really great thing to have. But I think Kit, you know, is a little bit more direct in her style of play and she has that potential to sort of open up some space um, for the forwards to work within. So yeah, it was an interesting substitution, but I think a good one as well. And just for fitness sake, kind of necessary. And I guess the other thing to bear in mind is that we're in a three game week and if Villaham wants Olga to start against Man City or to play a significant part of that. He's probably going to divide up minutes, especially if he's not 100% certain that she is up to those three games. Because obviously she's, you know, she's back from injury, but it hasn't been that long and she was out for a fairly long period. Yeah, I totally agree with all of that. I thought it was, uh, I was pretty happy with that sub. And it sure worked for us. About 10 minutes later, Celine scored another banger of a goal. I don't know what Liverpool ever did to her, but yeah, basically Martha Thomas got the ball down the wing and played her in centrally and Celine used the side of her calf, I think, to chip Liverpool's keeper. I definitely think she did it on purpose because I've 100% seen her take that exact touch like before several times and it was just a pretty neat goal. So what'd you guys think about that? I think it was definitely intentional. I do agree because I think she's the kind of player who has that just innovation kind of in her her game you know she's she's willing to take those kind of unconventional moves and I think it's it's great that we're just starting to see more end product from Celine I think that's all we've really been asking for um and you know she like I said she's that player who finds a way to score and we do need to find out what grudge she has against Liverpool because it is kind of funny these goals that she's scored against them now are like kind of like really you're gonna try to stop me I don't think so but yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah. And like, it's good, isn't it? Like she only scores great goals against Liverpool, like fun goals that we like rewatching. So yeah, I'm going to be rewatching this one and I'm with you. She meant it. Yeah. So if we figure out what Liverpool did to her, maybe we can try to harness this for use against other teams as well, because that would be fabulous. It'd start at Celine only scores bangers chant or something. I don't know. Anyway, Moving past Celine's phenomenal goal, Spurs had opportunities to steal the deal. I think uh, of note, Amanda Nielden hit the post when she could have squared to her teammates, Charlie and Jess, on rushing in the box. Uh, And then a bit later, substitute Wang Shuang fired from point-blank range, but it was directly at the keeper. So thoughts on 
that. Yeah, I, I'm a little more forgiving of Schwang taking her shot because she was at such close range. And I mean, really, you expect her to score from there. Um, so that was a little disappointing. But we do have to remember she's been, you know, out of the game for quite a while uh, with her recent injury. So I think it's just a little bit of rest, kind of the same thing we've been seeing with Martha's finishing, to be fair. Amanda Nilden, I'm not really sure what she was doing taking that shot in that moment when she had, who did we say it was, Charlie and Jess both available as options to pass. And, you know, not not the clearest cross for sure, but I think she definitely could have pulled it off and they would have had a much more forgiving angle to the goal. So it, it was frustrating to see us miss those chances to kind of seal the game and that's when you, as a fan, you're kind of thinking, oh God, here it comes. We're going to concede a late goal. And sure enough, <laughs> we did. I mean, I feel like I'm more forgiving for two reasons. One, she hit the post, which is pretty, you know, that means that she pretty much could have made that shot. Jess was quite a way back. Charlie was the other player on rushing. I know Charlie scored for us, but I don't know how much trust to put in Charlie having made that or not. And I think the biggest issue is just we didn't have many shots. Like, it isn't that one shot got messed up. It's that there were six shots in a game against Liverpool and we played them in November and there were 15. And that, for me, is the issue. Like, you're not going to make every shot. Wang Shuang was quite close. You know, I mean, I think actually in some ways she should have done better because that she had the whole the goal open in front of her and, you know... On the other side, she'd only just come on. She was looking lively. I'm still excited about her. I think Amanda Nilden had a really good game. She was very strong and I'm like pretty high on her at the moment. So I guess that's also biasing me at the moment. But I think that if somebody hits a post, it means that they pretty much should have taken that shot. They just didn't quite get it right because they can take it. And yeah, I, like I say, I think our big issue all throughout the game was chance creation. And that's really poor, that many shots. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, so I actually like did not watch Amanda's shot live because uh, at that point, my Wi-Fi had turned off. And when I watched it back, so I, yeah, I heard everyone yelling about it on Twitter. And when I, when I actually got back and went around to watching it, I was like, oh, like that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like she did, as you said, she did hit the post and I still am finding myself wondering a bit like oh what if like what if that had actually gone in or like what if she'd squared it but yeah I guess I'm somewhere in the middle on that one but yeah unfortunately it was the kind of game where we got bit in the ass for that we all know what happened in the dying stages of the game I think it was Charlie Grant who had a momentary lapse of attention and gave the ball up in our box and then Hovinger shot from range and Barbara could not stop it from sneaking in at the post so what about the goal I have to say that obviously Charlie has to take a little bit of the blame but I also was a little disappointed with Barbara on this one in the moment as it was happening I'm watching the game on the FA player and thinking to myself, when is Barbara going to appear on screen to come and claim this ball? And she did not, <laughs> you know, and I think there's been kind of a, you know, reoccurring trend in the last few games of kind of lack of communication between her and her defenders. And we know that there are pros and cons to both of our goalkeepers. You know, to be fair, there were other players who had opportunities to kind of clean up, you know, the ensuing mess. There were times, you know, they could have put a block in a tackle. 
And we saw far too many players just hesitate to move. So I do think it was kind of a really unfortunate goal to to concede, especially so late in the game as well, knowing that we wouldn't have much time to try to find a winner. So pretty disappointing. Yeah, I think you're right about Barra and the communication. There was an instant really near the start of the game, wasn't there, where she and Molly basically were not communicating. She's coming for it and Molly ended up heading it away. It went back to a Liverpool player. There's clearly something where she isn't yet. Uh, she's not loud enough. The words aren't coming quickly enough. You know, the language. I mean, this is her first time playing in primarily English. If you're trying to find words quickly, maybe the words aren't the right words and it does take a bit of acclimatization. Her English is obviously good. I'm not ab- at all saying that, but it's just how do you communicate and how do you get the both the words, but also the expectations and all of those things. It's not clear that that's working yet. So we've had instance with Amy, with Molly, this is sort of more with, I guess, Charlie in some ways, but like thinking about what's going on there. And like you, Caroline, I was disappointed with the follow. I mean, I think Charlie did make an error. It was obviously an error. And she's made a few, like, you know, she's been thrown in the deep end. I think it's very clear from the way she plays that she does some things really well. She misplaces passes sometimes in kind of, scary areas and she does occasional errors that's normal but I did think as well after that she could have come to Hobing I'm saying her name wrong I'm sure but like you know after losing the ball she kind of went back and it was like her and I think it was Molly and Amy were all quite close to each other and they were not running forward at the like where the ball was Evelina was kind of running back from midfield to try and get it and she didn't manage to you know, she got turned and there just wasn't anyone else there. And I didn't understand that. And I guess that is that, like, how are you, how are we defending the box, the second chances in the box, which is just like an ongoing thing. Yeah. And I, so I don't want to be like, I don't want to add to our criticism of Barbara here, but I, I did sort of see like maybe another issue that I want to keep an eye on, which is like, I don't know. I know we don't like to like make, useless comparisons between men's players and women's players but watching her miss that shot from long range I really was having flashbacks to like watching like I think it was like Galini or someone I literally can't even remember which men's second string goalkeeper it was first birth but like sometime in the last few years we had a second string goalkeeper who could not stop balls like shots taken from outside the box and as I was watching that happen I was just like oh, that's interesting. I feel like she could have gotten down faster. And I wonder if this is maybe going to be a problem. But like, of course, if it happens one time, and there's like a lot of issues in the lead up, like, I don't want to put too much on that. Because I'm like, it could be like, it could have just been like, just that one time. But I am, I am going to be watching. I did notice I am going to be watching. We'll see. Because it's weird, though, isn't it? Because she's like, her reaction saves are good. Like, and you know, on the ground and high, we've seen her do that. But it's just something about these, it's almost like slower balls confuse her. <laughs> she's got too much time to, maybe she's like the rules of goalkeepers and she's just oh, like no. too much time to think. Oh, shit. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> uh, okay. Well, anyway, I think now is a good time to bring up one of our listener questions. Nigel wanted to know, when will we be able to close out a game without conceding in stoppage time? Well, piggybacking off of what we just talked about I really think it's just going to be a process of you know our our what seems to be now first choice keeper 
getting a better relationship with the defenders, improving their communication, just these kind of like little basic foundational things are going wrong at the moment. So the good news is I don't think it's anything that's like not fixable. Um, So that's the positive. And I think as far as kind of the defenders go, we knew when we signed both Charlie and Amanda that they were picked because they are more attacking fullbacks. Like that's the style that we want to play. So we're going to have to accept that there will be some initial, you know, sort of growing pains as they find that balance between contributing to the attack, which we want, but also, you know, knowing when they need to be tracking back and um, just putting in that defensive shift as well. So I, I think it will improve. I think it will, but I think it's also about making it not matter, you know, scoring the extra goals. And so we need to do both. Like we need to be able to be much more incisive, you know, creating those chances, scoring them against teams where we, you know, have the scope to do that. And then also thinking about like that defensive play and how to double up, triple up and what to do in those contexts. Yeah, I have to say, so while you guys were talking, I agree with everything you said. I did just look back at our last few results, and this is not a recurring problem that we have, actually. Um, If anything, it's the opposite. We've been scoring a lot in stoppage time. I think it's a great question because it's definitely something you don't want to become a a problem, but I would just like to let the record reflect that the women's team has not really been struggling with this lately, and I, I do agree with Caroline that, like, I think that it's something that we'll see work out as some of these newer players get more comfortable and there's less disruption to our back line. I'm very glad you set the record straight because I was thinking I was like are we doing this I can't remember I know early on in the season we were like scoring a lot of really late goals and so we were winning games that way and then there was definitely a period where some of those those draws we had that period of draws against Liverpool and Everton and whoever else we drew against. I think of those ones we conceded on a lot of those games late and then it stopped again. So I think we've been going back and forth in terms of our patterns. And I think the fact that both the men's and the women's team were playing in Liverpool this weekend kind of just made everything seem conflated in our heads. So it's it's easy to make that mistake for sure. Yeah, and I mean, the Everton goal that we conceded earlier this year was was pretty late. It's been... I'd have to do some statistical analysis to see whether it's below or above the average of other teams everywhere. So more investigation needed in conclusion. All right. Any final thoughts on that game? I feel like we didn't really necessarily learn that many new things. So if you guys are good, maybe we can move on to some more listener questions now. All right. So next question we've already discussed a little bit, but I want to pose you two related things about Beth and Martha and various other players who might factor into the equation. So our friend Harsh sent in more of a prompt really than a question. He said, Martha and Beth duo discuss. And then we had another question from Sub-Zero Mobile DJ who asked, with Kit playing the ball through midfield and creating chances as the playmaker she is, don't you think this is what we need from the start to play the likes of Beth and Martha? You know, it's tricky because at the beginning of this sort of experiment, as we're calling it, I understood the rationale. The problem is that I think, well, two things. One, neither of them are fully fit. 
So that's obviously complicating matters. And I feel like we're not seeing the best of them right now. So it's honestly hard to say definitively that we don't want to see this kind of, you know, striker duo anymore. But I do think the biggest problem is just that they they tend to end up occupying a lot of the same space and sort of negating each other. And I don't I think that's an issue because overall this season, we've really become a lot more fluid in our attack. And that kind of just clogs things up, honestly. So I, from that perspective, it's it's been a little frustrating to watch. And, you know, I think if, if one of them were a little more willing to really commit to playing further back and, you know, kind of just sticking to that sort of hold up play, the, the chance creation, it, it could work. But I think they're both kind of, you know, really wanting to get on the score sheet at the moment, both of them. So it's a tough one to to expect, you know, them to make those sacrifices. It's really hard, isn't it? Because they're both really good and they've both been really good for us and mattered and made the difference. And also they are players in a position where confidence matters. And we've heard Martha talking about one thing she likes to be, she's likes since she's come to Spurs, is having a manager who trusts her and who plays her in the position she wants to play. And I don't think that necessarily means nine and not ten. But I think it means not on the wing, you know, like which is where she was being used for Manchester United. So what do you do? Like you don't want to screw that up. And you can see that Willem is constantly talking about how good they are, how expert they are in those roles. But he also does have to change it a little bit because it isn't quite working. And yeah, it's fitness. And maybe it's something that after they play in different combinations with other players and start playing again together more, it makes more sense. But it's really hard, especially because at the start of the season, Martha was playing complete games. Last season, Beth was playing complete games. But what we've now got is a kind of richness in those areas and that we know that Jess provides an alternative. We know that Wang Shuang in the number 10 role is potentially going to provide an alternative, although she obviously can be used on the wing as well. I am less convinced about Kit in that 10 role. I like her playing deeper and I liked what she provided as an alternative to Olga. I imagine she could also be an alternative to Evelina, perhaps in a game that was a bit less physical so that you had the combination of Olga and Kit rather than Kit and Evelina, which I think I think Evelina was really needed in this game. So I see, I can, I can see that. And I, I think maybe she... <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> Abby's just totally distracted me by reminding us of Evelina as 10. I love Evelina anywhere. I'll I'll happily have Evelina back as the 10. <laughs> um, Evelina as the 10 and Kit back as the, uh, as Evelina, yeah, like eight or whatever. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, um, Villahem said positions are dead anyway. So let's just do it. Play everyone everywhere. But, you know, the last point I would make is just that we're building a very strong squad you know, compared to what we've had in seasons past. And I just think I want to see us actually utilize that depth a little more and, you know, perhaps be a little more willing to rotate between games, but also make those early subs, you know, when it's needed. Because I, I, I just think, you know, we don't want to be wasting the talent that we do have when when other players are, you know, maybe having a tough game. Like, use those players. They're there. Yeah, no, I definitely in this game would have made some subs a bit earlier. I also, like I've said earlier, I I thought Grace was not having the best game. I would have brought Wang Shuang on earlier for her, probably. There were things that you that could have changed. Um, so I guess that's the thing. Is I'm it's not so much about who starts games. For me, it's about like using, as Caroline said, the depth of the squad to 
make those changes earlier so that we can see alternative options. Well, and also this could go back to the question about conceding late goals, which, you know, we're not sure if it really is that huge a problem after all, but if we're closing out games in a stronger way in the attack, it's, it's going to naturally help with not being under as much pressure in the defense. So yeah, I think that's something to look out for. Yeah, that seems reasonable. All right. So next question up, this one is from Michael who wants to know, who do you think will get more WSL goals this season, Grace or Celine? And just for a little bit of context, they are both currently on four. I'm saying Celine. No reason. I just want it to be her. So there you go. I can't actually remember if one of them is leading in terms of cup goals. I know that um, Grace got two in that game the other day. I can't remember who got them in previous games. They probably both scored them. I think my instinct is to say Grace simply because I I feel like she's a player who can create a goal out of nothing with the shooting range that she has. So it's it's probably got to be her for me. Yeah, mine was based on very little logic there whatsoever, except just, you know, I don't know. I also like Celine. Well, she's a vibes player. <laughs> she she brings the vibes. So basing it on vibes, I think, is, is acceptable for Celine. <laughs> exactly. And I want to make use of her gifts. She's like the best gift. So like I want her to keep scoring so I can keep doing Celine gifts. So not to go all stats on you guys, but why not? Celine has... 2.5 xg per game for the wsl season and we've totally played enough games that i'm willing to sort of like consider this statistically significant meanwhile grace has do you think it's higher or lower i think Wait, it's you're, lower. you're telling you're telling me that's per game on average i'm sorry total 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 my oh, bad that okay i'm like good I, lord we, grace. that's actually so <laughs> yeah. no, thanks for pointing that out <laughs> Yeah, I'm guessing Grace is lower because Grace's goals have usually come out of nothing. So I'm guessing hers is lower. That's correct. So Grace is on 1.5 for the whole season. Uh, so Grace is the more more efficient shooter. No, no, no. I'm not sure XG is 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 necessarily predictive like that. However, it is it is a higher number, and I will therefore say lightly Celine. It kind of means that Celine's getting more chances. And so if she starts getting in a position where she puts them away and they continue to get the same number of chances, she might get more. Yeah. I mean, the other way to look at it is maybe Celine will get less because she is overperforming her XG. They're both overperforming their XG. I don't want to think about it, though. Never mind. We'll stop that line of questioning right there and I'll just go with Celine. But also when you're on small goal numbers, like you usually very much over or underperform because, you know, fours and twos that just the numbers are too small. No, you're right about that. That is that is very true. So so take all of that with at least like 17 grains of salt. All right. So let's move on to Manchester City, which uh, that's happening tomorrow or maybe today by the time you listen to this. We've previewed Manchester City about 10,000 times recently, it feels like. So has anything changed since the last time we talked about this? Uh, no, probably. <laughs> I mean, in the, in the last game, they, they had already lost Jill Roard, right? So yep. it's, you know, that that's still a factor. But I don't know. It feels like we did make progress in the last game. So we have a little bit of room to hope. But it's I think it's going to take another one of those just sort of 
maximum effort performances like we saw against Arsenal if we're going to get get a win out of this. It was literally two games ago, wasn't it? I, my brain is yeah. like so skewed. Yeah. So I guess like our fullbacks have had two more games playing together. So that's good. Wang Shuang maybe is like fitter, able to play more minutes. That's good. Bunny Shaw has not scored another hat-trick since then, so that's good. I'm being optimistic. Um, we also heard from Robert Villaham that he's going to treat it like a proper game. Like, he's not going to, you know, he's not going to rotate in the way that he has in some other cup games. So that's probably good. So I'm, you know, if we learn, we learned from the first game. If we learn from the second game, it's possible. Yeah, and like, it is a cup game, so maybe City will rotate, although I'm not too excited about that because that means the prospect of having Bunny Shaw appear when we're all exhausted. So we did have a, another listener question on the subject of the City game, kind of tying in with stuff we've been talking about all pod. So we've already discussed Martha and Beth several times. I thought we could take this opportunity to answer Michael Payne's question. He says, you hinted on the last podcast that maybe we should play our pacier players against City. Do you think that's likely or will Robert stick with Martha and Beth? I mean, who are our pacier players? Jess, we want to see Jess more minutes for her. After that, we've got Roz and Ellie, I guess, are the next pacier players. I'm not sure I want to see a lot of Roz and Ellie, at least until, you know, late sub. I mean, I don't know why am I doubting Rose against City. I should not be doubting Rose against City. But at the same time, even in that game, she was a sub, wasn't she? So let's have them come on as subs, maybe. You know, a cup game, you need chaos. Rose loves a cup game. I would be happy to have Rose 10 minutes at the end to just try something. Our fullbacks are pacier. That is like already something. Well, I, I mean, if if there's any chance of it going to penalties, we definitely have to bring Roz on. I will say that because <laughs> she is quite good at penalties and she loves the cup game. So yeah, I feel like she could be a really good impact sub, but in terms of the pace of your players that we do have, I think Jess getting a start would be really welcome, you know, not just from what she brings as an individual, but also the fact that Martha and Beth are, neither of them are really at their best pace at the moment, I would say. So it really just feels like, you know, from a strength perspective, that would be be helpful. And the problem is that, you know, Manchester City have a notoriously pacey front line. And that's going to be an issue for our defense to deal with. So I don't know. I Every time we go to play Man City, I just start having nightmares about Lauren Hemp. Yeah, I think I had a side conversation when we played them last time where like, Somebody said, oh, who's that? She's really good. And I knew it was about one of City's attackers, but I wasn't watching. And so I like, I was like, I literally don't know which one. It literally could be any of them. They're all really good. They're all the kind of player who you look at and go, ooh, who's that? She's amazing. So that's really unfortunate. But I don't know what you guys are talking about. I don't want Roz for her pace or her penalty taking abilities. I want her for her hand skills. And I think we're probably contractually obligated to always mention the hand of Roz every time we play City. So there it is. (laughs) All right, let's wrap that up with a score prediction for City versus Spurs. This is harder to do when it's a knockout game, you know, just because it's like, if, if I wanted to be optimistic, usually I would say, yeah, we could totally pull off a draw. I don't know. It just feels like if it was a 1-0 loss, I think we could have our dignity intact and focus on the FA Cup. 
Shall I be optimistic again? Let's just say, I'm not that it's working anymore. One, one at full time and then two all and then a penalty shootout where Ros scores the winner would be really nice. Obviously, this is my crazy fantasy world, but hey, why not? If that happens, we're building the statue. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> no, I was actually going to say 1-1 one, one and we go through on penalties as well. I don't think there will be stoppage time goals, but yeah, 1-1 one, one at the end of full time and then we go through on penalties. All right. Thanks for listening, y'all. And thank you to everyone who submitted questions. We're saving a few for next time, so stay tuned for that. This has been N17 Women and come on you Spurs. Thank you.